report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. What's going on, everyone? You are listening to the All Wings Reporting Podcast. I am your co-host, Vinny, and across from me, fluent in over 6 million forms of communication, is my older brother, Chris. Well, 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 here we are. We made it, man. Two months, eight episodes of The Mandalorian, and it's a wrap for us with these episode breakdowns. Um, it flew by. I'll tell you, man, this, this flew by for us. Thank you, man. This is it for the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. But people, Rest in peace. That's it. Thanks thanks for having us. That's, that's it. That's it. Smell you later. Yeah, people ask, well, what, is that it? You guys you guys done? Yeah, we, we named the podcast All Wings Report In. Nothing to do with the Mandalorian, and we're just going to hightail it out of here and never do or this ever again. Or does it? I don't know what that means. Or does it have anything to do with the Mandalorian? Oh, that's true. All Wings Report In. We will get there. We'll get there. It's been a fantastic two months. I feel like we have gotten a little bit more comfortable behind the mic. I feel like we have kind no, of no, not really. Okay. Oh, not me. Okay, but I, we're here. It's been a, it's been a great two months. What a great second season they have now. The best. So they they went above and beyond the first season, and they grabbed so much Star Wars that we didn't know we needed or could get. I won't, series. I won't get into it, the, the specifics for, cause I know you, I know you're big on the build, right? Obviously if you've, if you're listening right now, we know that you watched, should have watched the finale. So we'll get into it. But what I wanted to say is we talked about this during the, the trailer breakdown, just which, which was how could they outdo themselves for season one and season one. The other thing was the huge reveal, which was actually in chapter one with Whoever you know, Grogu, the child, Baby Yoda, whatever, um, and the fact that they kept that a secret. And as we're gonna get into here, everybody who works on the Mandalorian set apparently is really good at keeping secrets because they were able to keep an even bigger surprise, kind of under their under their hat. There, um, I'm looking forward to the that part of this where you're going to go off, get your moment. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that happened that I, um, you know, for, for people who have been listening to the last, uh, actually beyond eight, because it was before when we did the trailer breakdown and then we did the killing time episode and killing time episode. Uh, I touched on some stuff that we, that we, um, are going to get into here. Uh, and again, it was all kind of just speculation. I think that, and it's fun, right? Because I've had a lot of people hit me up on both ends, right? Some people were like, "Hey, man, you, you, wow, you 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 called it," or, "Hey, you know, hey, uh, hey, I was totally like they they were like, hey, man, I was totally wrong." And so it's 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 cool. It's it's uh, I don't know if you remember the first thing I texted you. <laughs> we both watched this uh, Friday morning early. You have to like really early. I think I was like five five a.m. I don't know about you, but yeah, I can't. There's no there's no way for me to kind of go through the workday 
and, and, you know, normally, you know, just stay off your phone like that. And a buddy of mine watched it today. You know, he's got two jobs and I just, that's tough. For me, that's really tough. Well, even seeing the movies, when we go see the movies on release night, it's really hard for me to just know other people had saw this, experienced it, and now I have to patiently wait. Like it kind of eats away at me a little bit. And to think about it, you know, in my in my thirties, you know, um, surprises and and being excited about something like like this is like you know what I mean. Like it's set in stone. This story was written. And it's released and you, you're going to feel a certain way about it. And I've seen a lot of people, I even think I saw like some sort of a petition or something that people are actually wanting Disney to like rethink the release schedule and move to like a Friday night release because for so many people, they don't, they just can't watch it. It's not feasible to watch it Friday first thing. So what ends up happening is, and because everybody's addicted to their phone and social media, what you have happen is people who have watched it already, you know, we're cool. We don't, we don't, we would never post a picture or, or, and I even ask people first, like I've been, I texted people all day, even, even, even as recently as today. And was like, Hey, have you watched it yet? Or have you seen it yet? Because I'm careful. I don't want to be the one who ruins it for, for someone else. Unfortunately, I do think I shared a couple things on the Instagram and when Saturday, maybe Sunday, you know, and uh, I know that's only, I think Monday is like the fair is fair, you know, to start well, really going off about it. But, but I know. We can, well, I think, okay. But the point is here, we can all agree that posting something on Friday is, during the work day, when everybody's at work, you have to know that you're, that you're at that point ruining it for somebody. No different than I could just tell you this. I'm a big Marvel fan, but I wasn't always the guy who went and saw Marvel movies on their release. And I just remember that spoiler alert if you didn't watch the last Avengers. Somebody spoiled that Iron Man died. Like I, I read that like I think the day the movie or day after the movie came out in in a rant on on Facebook. And I'm like, dude, really? Like that's why Facebook is for the on, birds, man. and you leave that for your parents. So just get off Facebook. Okay, because Instagram. There, you mean to tell me that. <laughs> You mean to tell me that Instagram it's did not poison. have pictures of certain people or characters? Yeah, it right. did. What I'm uh, what I'm getting at is what I want to touch back base on is when we when you go and see Star Wars or a movie that you really care about. For me, it's a different feeling than maybe going to see like a Sunday night football game. You're excited to build up to it. You're going to the game. You're going to tailgate, and the outcome could be horrible. I mean, just like these, like. Star Wars hasn't let me down in, I'm, I'm going to say ever. And, you know, that's a different feeling to me. And, and that's something I, I, I hold on to, you know, very closely. So it's, they didn't let me down. This season was fantastic. You know, something I look forward to, you know, and it's just a different feeling. I mean, c- comparing this to a sporting event or whatever, but I couldn't go all day without seeing this. You know, or, uh, or any of the episodes, man. I've never, you know, watched these that early in the morning. It was tough for me with work and the kids and stuff every week. This week I was able to to, to, to swing it and, and make the time early. But what I was going to get at or what I was saying was, and I, I can't stress this enough, I texted you after watching and maybe after a couple like OMGs. This, and I had some time to think about it too. So this still is true. This is my favorite thing that I've seen from Star Wars in 37 years. So for me, 
and I'm someone who likes prequel trilogy and I also like the sequel trilogy. I'm not a, I don't, someone who hates on either one of those. It's just this for me was extra special. They, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and, and even to a lesser degree for all the grief that she gets. I think I told you this. Kathleen Kennedy, you have to remember this, this is also, this is Star Wars on her watch. Some of these hires were her hires. Some of these decisions were her decisions. And hey, you know what? Sometimes being a good leader is hiring the right people and getting the right people to kind of do the work, right? I mean, that's... So, you know, I, I'm going to give her some of the credit here too. This this has been... They found a way to like recapture the magic. And this show has been a, a like a total bright spot I don't know, man. They like, they like reset, you know what I mean? Like they, they like, they like, I don't know. They, 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 they set, they set a new bar. And I think you know, we talked about this a little bit, even last week, I think they're finding this new winning formula, right? That Star Wars can, can move forward. They can be successful and you can pivot out of this theatrical release slate, which not to say that they're never going to do that again, but I mean, they're finding that with the success of Mandalorian, you don't have to have this like insane, I mean, granted Mandalorian has a big budget, but what I mean is you don't have to have these big budget, big, like big name director, big trilogies to, to, to like capture an audience and, and be successful. You know, this is, this is awesome. And as we saw, whatever it was last week, two weeks ago now that they announced all these projects coming out again i think they they get it right they're like hey listen let's let's go with what's working let's not you know right they they like the standalone format you know like these smaller stories for for streaming and then they like the like rogue squadron is going to be like a standalone film you know so and and as again we're going to get into even though what everyone seemed to like about mandalorian was that it's its own story and it isn't part of the Skywalker saga. You can, I think Disney's also proving to you that you can, you can kind of like have your cake and eat it too. Right. You can, you can be your own thing and have it be this, this, this like, you know, for star Wars, this new vehicle, but you can also tie it in and make it related to you know, what, what got us here build off of, you know, some of the original stuff from star Wars and still have it not only make sense, but like make it, it just makes you appreciate what they did before even more. And it's going to, it's, and it makes you excited for the future. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm still losing, I'm still losing it. So shout out to all star Wars fans who stayed through the fourth quarter and, you know, we got the, uh, happy ending we got a good send-off for the end of season two um, an emotional one before we get into the episode breakdown i want to just touch base and say thank you again to last week's guest alex gaskarth of all time low that was a lot of fun he was a great guest he was a great um addition to the podcast for that that episode breakdown uh, i can't thank him enough so alex again thank you very much he knows uh, a lot about star wars he's a star wars guy we have uh, another guest in the works and uh, I've a similar format for us, and I know they're going to be a great addition um, in the coming weeks, and we will touch base on that. 
um, at the end of the episode. So are you ready? You ready to kind of hit this one out of the park, do our best here, break I it down? Th- yeah, I, I think I think I am ready to do this. I'm, I was, I, you know, it's funny. Last week I said this and I'm going to say it again. I said I was so, I was so excited last week. Like I had never been more excited to record last week. And now that's a lie because now I've never been more excited to, re- to record than I am for this week. But it makes me sad too because the next podcast we do, it's not going to be able to, you know, I'll be excited to do it, but I'm just not going to be as. Well, that's really, well, I didn't want, that's where we will really spread our wings, shine and shed light onto the Star Wars content that we have in front of us and the previous 40 years of Star Wars content. Like that's where we will kind of get away from this. So I am looking forward to getting away from like this format where we can talk and don't, you know, we can just get outside the box a little bit and kind of like give our perspective on things that have happened. You know, not going to just stay with just the trilogies, but we will touch base on a lot of other things and things that we like about Star Wars. So I am looking forward to that as we're kind of like stuck to like a strict schedule with this, but you know, we do a good job at it. I think we do. And a lot of people appreciate the things they haven't seen all the time. And so it's like, it's a bittersweet thing. Cause this is a time where we get to see each other talk about the episode more than just on the phone or via text and explain things or, or show Easter eggs and stuff. But I am looking forward to kind of the next chapter of this for us. Yeah, I guess we'll, 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 we'll talk about it more. Cause I mean, we, we definitely have like stuff that's like set in stone that we're doing. And then there's, right. there's some other ideas I wanted to run by you that we could, like we talk about. We'll so, save that. So we'll like, just do, we'll like, we'll do, we'll do one whole, one whole podcast about our plans. Jake, Jake Lloyd, you know, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do one just, just on him. Yeah. Young Anakin. I love it. And then, then like Hayden Christensen, whiny Anakin, that'll be like another. Great. No, the Binks, the Jar Jar Binks story too. We'll, we'll get that. <laughs> He's the secret Sith Lord. I'm joking. It's all fun. It's all fun. Those movies, those movies are good. They serve their purpose. So again, thank you to Alex for being on the podcast. He's the man. And we will get into our breakdown of chapter 16, The Rescue. Season finale. The one thing I want to talk about first is in the recap. On my first watch, I didn't pay too close attention to the recap, but on watches two and three for me. I started to notice the same pattern that you had called out previously and saying, Hey, they kind of remind you of this character, that character, but they also did it's a good not even a reminder. It's literally right. like they, they're, they just like spoon feed you the, like, in case you forgot who she was, like, right. She's going to be in this episode. Right. Well, we did get a good shot of Bo-Katan, you know, helping Mando out of, you know, when he was trapped on the, on the, on the barge. We also did see that hologram of Dr. Parshing. Uh, we did get the shot of Ahsoka, you know, saying, um, put him on the seeing stones, not many Jedi left. And that, all that was like, so, you know, pivotal and crucial to the season. You know, they did such a good recap in that, you know, that recap right there did such a good job. And I was like, okay, yeah. Like, I didn't think we were going to get some things that we got in the recap, but they gave it to us anyway. And I was like, oh, okay, I should have paid closer attention. But it's just little things I picked up on that I guess just I was too excited. I was like, I don't care about the recap, but things that I noticed. Well, yeah, I was after last week. It actually, it initially didn't seem like Bo-Katan was going to, right, was going to come into the fold, which we will get there. Not put the wagon before the horse. 
Let's get there. So the opening scene of the episode, we get a nice little you know, chase scene. We got the slave one uh, chasing an Imperial shuttle, Dr. Parshing on board with two uh, Imperial pilots and the slave one and uh, piloted by Boba Fett chasing this thing just, you know, in, in space, I guess they don't, they're after Dr. Parshing, which is something I didn't think we'd get right to, or that he would be en route to wherever he's going right away. But it's that's the opening scene. Awesome to see Boba Fett flying the slave. Yeah, I say more more slave one is always pretty cool. They end up getting hit with like an ion cannon, and you see the whole cockpit just kind of like almost get like electrocuted. And Boba Fett over there, PA or their comm says, "Hey, lower your shields and prepare for boarding." And that you know, we're like, okay, they are going to come here to capture Dr. Parshing. That's right there. That's what I'm thinking. Oh uh, yeah. No, I, th- I actually was like, all right, that's, that's how they're gonna, that's, I knew right away, like, okay, this is how they're going to get into Moff Gideon's ship, which is, you know, go the route of the Endor mission. Right. Take over the shuttle and kind of in a very Star Wars way, disguise yourself as Imperials. Right. And so you got Mando boards the Imperial shuttle and the one other, there's two pilots, Dr. Parshing and they've, Mando tells, doc, tells the other two pilots that he've met Dr. Parshing before. Cara Dune shows up pointing her blaster and the one Imperial pilot just expends or takes out the other Imperial pilot, just shoots him right in the back because he's talking too much like, hey, listen, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want nothing to do with this. Like, hey, do what you got to do. And the pilot knows that Dr. Parshing and, and tells us here, so we get, you know, validation, we get clarification that Dr. Parshing is a clone scientist. Like that's his role, like any empires. It was never really stated. That's what his job was. Yeah, I think I think we kind of assumed. And then also there's there's an exchange between him and Cara Dune and where he kind of actually like explained we, we kind of understand what that face tattoo is about. Almost like a, like a teardrop tattoo, but it's the rebel insignia. That's for people who I guess apparently have survived, you know, the planets, uh, for Alderaan. Yeah. The, the, so yeah, survivors of that. Cause that pilot said that he was on the death star and he, you know, he knows that that tattoo has, symbol you know for the for for Alderaan being destroyed by the Death Star she kind of gives him a witty like which one right (laughs) Uh, I had to think about it too I was like oh wait a second so go ahead yeah that was pretty cool so yeah I was into it and then of course I I kind of figured but she uh Cara Dune decides to just kill him like what a laser right past Dr. Parshing's ear and he's done yeah, and he's freaking out, holding his ears. Great shot by the, you know, just great shot by her and, and great shot on screen. And Mando just turns around and he's like, all right, well, and then here we go. Back to the slave one flying over some sort of planet here. It's like, and this episode just moved so quick to just get us there. I think this this episode was also only in the, what, 34? Said 42 minutes, but that's with trailer, with recap. Yeah, I think so it was yeah. probably another one of these like 35 minute. Like, it's so funny that all the best episodes this season have been. I mean, actually, they all were good, but you know what I mean? Like, this one didn't wasn't long and it packed a serious punch. So, yeah, we see the slave one. 
we've seen more of the slave one by the way flying in this series than we like obviously saw anywhere but yeah it comes in and right away you see that very very recognizable ship that uh bo-katan we know that that's you know you've seen that ship before parked on that on that planet from the clone wars you've seen it in rebels so i was like okay here we go we're going to get bo-katan and she's mando and boba fett walk into like a pub or um some sort of cantina and this is what i was talking about before which was we originally predicted that she would probably be part of this we joked that it was almost going to be like a suicide squad or avengers or something like that just because we know that she has something to gain to she you know in her episode of mandalorian this season she is we find out she's looking for Moff Gideon, she wants the Darksaber, and um, we see both Bo-Katan and the Sasha Banks like Mandalorian uh, uh, character. So this this was actually awesome too. I really was, I was all about this part because we get a really cool like back and forth between Boba Fett. Cause, so Mando comes in and basically asks her for help and she kind of dismisses him because she thinks that Moff Gideon's like location is well even before that she says not all Mandalorians are bounty hunters so they know who Fett is which is awesome which they get into that dialogue a little bit more well yeah it's once the, and then once they hear the voice right that's why she says I've heard that voice She's heard that hundred thousand times before, mm. you know, that's, that's kind of obviously the, the clone, the whole clone thing callback, right? Every clone soldier had what was the same voice as both Boba Fett and Jango Fett. And she tells him that that armor, he's not a real Mandalorian, shouldn't be wearing the armor. And Mando has to chime in and says, Hey, the kid is gone. And when you said that, Bo-Katan says, you're not a Mandalorian. Boba Fett says, never said I was. And then you get Sasha Banks' character like chime in and says, I didn't know sidekicks were allowed to talk. <laughs> it's kind of funny because she's also like the sidekick and then chimes in. And Yeah. Well, and, and so when Boba Fett says it was his father's, she was like, oh, don't you mean your donor? Right. Which was like, yeah, I was like, dude, damn. Yeah, not even your dad's. <laughs> Yeah, so th- clearly, yeah, they're they're not a fan of him or the his legacy. Da- right? yeah, they any, know any the legacy. That. They know his story, and I love how Sasha Banks's character they it it becomes this bar fight, and and her character steps up to him and says, "Next, you'll I'll be have I'll have you talking through a Bacta tank," which I like that that language there. Mando lets both. She has a weird, she, her. I don't know. Her dialogue's kind of clunky. I'm I'm very happy that this was uh Where did where did our partner go? There was that meme I sent you that like said he like had he had gone to the bathroom and comes back and he's like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, why yeah, I don't know where the guy went, but um I, I don't know why they couldn't have kept him and, and lost her, but <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Sorry. I'm gonna upset the WWE fans. But Mando lets Bo Katan know that he um he has the coordinates to Moff Gideon's ship and you know, like then she's kind of fighting back. Like, listen, I, I want Bo-Katan guys get some blowback here. Like, Hey, I want nothing to do with this until Mando says, Hey, I have the coordinates. And then her ears perk up like, wait, 
you can get me to the dark saber. And he goes, but Mando even says, I don't want anything to do with like the sword. I just want to get the kid. Yep. You know? And then we get a scuffle between Sasha Banks and Boba Fett, which I don't know what she was thinking. She swings at him and then he just puts her through a table. And then he uses TLC, TLC style. uh, she, She knew, she knew, she knew how to handle that. And he uses like his harpoon from his, many bag of tricks gets her kind of like wrapped she, up. She hits him with a, uh, I should, I don't know. I should know that move, but wrestling fans will know that's a very classic. Like, Oh, she like ran like almost like off the turnbuckle. So, yeah, she puts him in the headlock, uses her jetpack, And yeah. And like, typically you'd go off the middle rope and then put him into like a, uh, I think that's called like a, I don't even know. It's some sort of like takedown. Someone, someone's going to tell us. Our buddy MM will uh, for sure tell us all about that wrestling that's who move. I was going to say. Yeah, he will for sure. I almost said Hurricane Rana, but that's not. It's like that's when you, I think that's when you like hit him with the, you, you do like the Shawn Michaels. We've already been given a hard time about not knowing what a mortar tube was. So now the next review on the podcast on Apple is going to be like, these bozos don't know the wrestling move X, Y, Z. So well, that'll be next. I'll look forward to it. I, <laughs> dude, if more people could write, if more people, that was hilarious because that guy was still like, he was super nice and gave us a good review. Mm-hmm. That review made me laugh out loud, literally laugh out loud. I, I was like just hysterical laughing w- when I got that review. So if more people could like write stuff and then it's funny too, please like be like, dude, these guys are great, but don't expect them to know what a. I don't even know what, what, what that move is called. I don't even expect them to know what a sidewalk slam is and be like, oh, okay, yeah. I almost didn't know what to say mortar tube. I was like really... You almost forgot it again. I, yeah, I, was, I had like look at my hands like mortar tube. Like I, I, I was really struggling. The mouse and the wheel on my brain was like... The dude who wrote that, he's laughing right now because he's like, yeah, I left that funny review. Hilarious. That was, again, one of my favorite reviews I've read. Bo says to Mando, we will help you. She wants to keep the ship to help uh, reclaim Mandalore and that she wants the sword. So then we get everybody on board, I believe would be the slave one at this point. And Dr. Parshing is listening to Bo-Katan kind of like make some plans. Dr. Parshing's there in handcuffs. You get a hologram of uh, Moff Gideon's cruiser. His light cruiser. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Dr. Parshing kind of stops Bo-Katan mid-sentence and says, um, you know, there's a garrison of dark troopers, third generation. Um, they couldn't get... Yeah, they, like, they actually, they, 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 they ask about the like people in the suits. Right. They, there was third generation dark troopers and they said that the missing piece was kind of humans inside and now these are just droids. Which is cool too because going back, I think I don't remember I sent you this when we first introduced the dark troopers. I think I sent you the evolution of the dark trooper. Oh yeah, from you expanding did phase universe one to three, right? So yeah. oh, okay, wow. That's that's also them tying it tying it back because in Legends, yeah, there was different variants of Dark Trooper. So what's really cool is, in a very Star Wars way, you know, you wonder if we're gonna still see, maybe eventually they go back and we see that second generation or first generation. It's cool. There's a, there's a lot of really cool stuff that they can do. Um, he explains that they are being stored in cold storage, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, we'll get to that when we see it. We actually are going to see them in, in the episode. But yeah, they're in like a cargo bay. Uh, cold storage, as Chris said. Just like just like the COVID vaccine. It's in cold storage. Cold storage. Negative 90 degrees. 
Wow, I wonder if that's what these got to be held at. It might be because they they uh, they what do they what do you, they, they 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 take too much, like they draw too much power. Yep, and then then Doctor Parshing shows them on the light cruiser where the child is being held. You know, he's in like a like a prison cell. So kind of cool that they can bring up the the plans of this light cruiser, and then we kind of get the the mission here. Team A is going to do this, and then Team B is going to go and do this. So on board, don't forget right now, we have Bo-Katan and her sidekick played by Sasha Banks. We have Fennec, we have Cara Dune, Boba Fett, and of course we have Mando, Din Djarin. That's going to be the people going on this mission to rescue the child and face Moff Gideon and his dark troopers. Which... um I'm, I really like, I don't know why I am. I really, really like, so, so one thing that I think that they've done well with the series is character development, right? And, and so they introduced these characters who we didn't even know exist before, right? New characters. And like in the case of Fennec, so they bring her back from the dead. She becomes Boba Fett's, um, I wouldn't say sidekick, but... She's almost like, like an indentured, like, yeah, like a servant almost because he saved her life. I really, really love her character. I was going to say the same thing. Dude, I, and and I think, again, this is, this just goes back to, I just, I'm just punching the microphone. If you could give it a punch. I think Disney, uh, it's so funny, man, that they, I I don't know, man, this is like, again, this is the first time where I feel like they. They're either listening to the fans or, again, they have just made all the right hires in that we're not getting this, like, kind of rogue director or something who's, who's like, more interested in going with some sort of artistic, whatever you want to call it. Like, this entire series has felt a lot like fan service. Like, they want to tell good stories, but they also want to please the fans. So, again, where I'm going with this is the fact that as fans, me and you, we're like, we really like this Fennec character. And then we see, for example, in the Bad Batch trailer, it's and then it's officially announced, Fennec's going to be showing up in the animated Bad Batch. She's going to be lending her voice. We're going to get to some special stuff at the end here. She, um, I, I'm really, really uh, like a fan of that character. And then also, I just thought it was interesting, if you, like, I didn't even think about this my first watch through. So... Like maybe that's a testament to what Star Wars is doing here. I didn't even realize it's Mando and the and the like and the chicks. Yeah, well, a full Charlie's He's, Angels, full throttle, girls only squad. They're and they're obviously like super like you know badass, like very like. I, I'm happy that you said you like that because Fennec became like my favorite female of the group. Like I she there's a scene we'll, we'll talk about it, but I. Fennec like stole the show for me. Like she was great. I, I think she's, she was an awesome new addition to the series. She just has cool skills. Like when, even in the last, the one episode when they're at the seeing stone, she jumps off that rock. That was a great shot of her. Dude, she, that's what I'm saying. They, they really, she's mild, and, but she's like a double O agent. You know, that's like, that's like her gig. That's like her vibe. Like that's like her style. I'm uh, into it. I'm really, of, of I'm really warrior. a fan of, uh, of that character. So that's why she was I just awesome. thought it was important to bring that up. And I believe we will now see more of her, not as a prequel, but as a moving forward story. So we will, 
Well, I think we're gonna, well, so we're going to get both. This part was interesting too. Moving moving forward, go ahead. Very important part is Fennec, who we love. She takes Doctor Parshing's code cylinder for the mission. She's like, here, take this. You so know, something dude, that kind of we could not have moved forward with. I got in so the mission carried away because I I'm always thinking like one step ahead. So I knew we were getting to the Fennec part of this that I ran away with how much I like her and then didn't talk about what she just did. She's a babe. So, She's a babe too. So whatever. I was trying to not, yeah, I was trying to like be, um, I don't want to say politically correct, but you know what I mean? There's I, no ring on this figure, baby. She's, she's, what's up? I agree. I, yeah, dude. I'm, okay. Ew. So we're on the same, we're on the same page. Uh, so we get a great Fall shot. on her on the gram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, 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 This is interesting because I don't remember. Maybe we have seen this before. We see two ships. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh, but it, it reminded me of when you said fall on the gram in saving Silverman when they capture Neil Diamond. He's like, hey, I know you guys. You're the ones that send me all the all the letters and the videos and, and the naked pictures. Sorry, that was me. <laughs> hey. You just keep DMing her. Good morning. How are you? Did you have a great day? Wow. What did you eat for breakfast? And just start sending her pictures oh, of my man, daily life. No. She's going to be like, I, I, I see her like at like Star Wars Celebration next year. I, I know you guys. You're the ones sending me like crazy DMs. That was me. She just, I just saw this. She just hit Mandalorian has probably, I mean, she's actually been in a lot of stuff, uh, but she just hit a million followers insane so i mean she's she's this this i'm sure this series being a part of it and i love when i see somebody who's an actor and they're like legitimately fans and they're happy to be a part of something right. versus someone who's just kind of like you know every once in a while we get that person who's like they're cameoing in it and they're and you're just like john cena in the new suicide squad movie <laughs> whatever anyway um, <laughs> anyway and i'm actually I'm sure he's actually, I'm sure he's into it. He's doing a show and it's James Gunn and all that. Right. But, but in any event. Um, Great she, shot. Yeah. This, this <laughs> <laughs> what is it going to be a full episode on just our love for Fennec? But can these guys. I guess, told you we, we had, we, see this, we were brainstorming. So I guess we have, that's, that's one podcast for the future. Another review. When these guys get fixated on a topic, they don't shut up. <laughs> whatever so we get a great shot of the slave one uh chasing the imperial shuttle that they have through, now hijacked through hyperspace and bo katan seems dangerous yeah they know what they're doing they got the same coordinates they can do that so bo katan kind of tells uh boba what the plan is and to make it look good so what they're setting up for is they captured the Imperial shuttle and they're gonna land the Imperial shuttle on Moff Gideon's light cruiser and Boba, they're going to make it look like, hey, they're running from this, this ship, the Slave One, and Boba Fetch is kind of firing away at the Imperial shuttle and purposely missing. And Bo-Katan now is on comm to the light cruiser saying, hey, we need to request emergency landing. And this is what's happening. Get a great shot. Finally, Moff Gideon, he tells the Imperial officer on the deck, launch the TIE fighters. Yeah, this was pretty cool too. Um, I like how they bring these ties out we get like a really cool shot of them like on that like almost like a launcher it carries them out and then they shoot out the middle of the ship which is also new for star wars yeah, that's, a, that's a great shirt 
Oh, thanks, man. Uh, Norm- <laughs> Sorry. It, you're, you, obviously, you can't... Vinny was, Vinny was wearing a sweatshirt, and he just took the sweatshirt off, and the shirt underneath is a... Um, an all-over print Star Wars shirt from the Disney from store. From the Disney store that came out on one of the... May the 4th... 2019. Okay. Yeah, we... So, okay. We, yeah, we, we, we went that's on... A, the- that's another podcast episode. Wow, we have like ADD today. I have it every day. So yeah. for and I drink coffee super late in the day, so that's kind of where I'm at. I just finished my Starbucks here. So yeah, we get this again. It's almost like a Top Gun scene, like where you're seeing them, the like the Air Force jets like fly off that the aircraft that boat. carrier. Yeah, aircraft carrier. You get you get these Tie fighters like slingshotted out of the light cruiser, you know, to kind of give coverage to the Imperial cruiser. Yeah, that that was pretty great. Um, they decide to just. In any event, the shuttle just keeps going. And then the shuttle ends up entering the launch tube and, you know, the wings are down on this like tripod looking Imperial shuttle. The wings go up and Bo-Katan ends up flying the Imperial cruiser right down the belly, you know, the, of the launch tube and crash lands on the light cruiser. And then the Slave One uh, ends up, you know, breaking off. TIE fighters chasing him, ends up taking the turrets, aiming them backwards and shooting off the two TIE fighters that are chasing him. Awesome. That was awesome. He does that little barrel roll and then quickly (laughs) hits the hits hyperspace and he's gone. Um, I thought it was even, even the shuttle. I don't know. We see, this is like become like a really star Wars thing. Like these crash landings just reminds me of like, uh, I don't know, revenge of the Sith or something where they just, they they throw the ships in and it just skids across the the Naboo fighter uh, in the Phantom Menace when Anakin crashes into that um, into that ship. Yeah. Or when Sebulba's pod racer kind of slides on the sand. That that's what did it for you. Or the Millennium Falcon busting through the trees and landing in the snow. Landing in the snow. Right. So now this is the part of the mission where the team needs to take the base. And immediately Moff Gideon's like, all right, well, I've he had knows. Enough. I was gonna say, so the jig was already up, meaning I guess this was to get them to let their defenses down, but they did not fool them. Meaning this was not in classic Star Wars, right? Where you're, okay, you're fooling them, and you give them the clearance code, and you land the ship. Moff Gideon, you could tell he knows immediately something's up, which is why. We get this shot before they even exit the ship of them activating the dark troopers. The music in this episode, I noticed it more than ever. There was almost like an EDM vibe when the dark troopers went on. Like I loved whatever synth, well, they did, they, whatever synths he used. It was super dark, but it was... It was it was super cool, man. The music in this was uh, awesome. We got a taste of that in the tragedy episode, if you remember when they came down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was just amplified for me. The hype music on this, for, like on an entrance for, okay, more WWE reference, but like for anybody like coming into the picture, this really got me hyped. I was super down with the music. And now the girls have t- are storming the ship and Mando kind of gets off the ship last, and you see him with that Beskar staff in his backpack. You had to, you had to know, you know. So the girls are kind of now on their own. That's Team A, Team B, Mando. So it's and as we, and just to, just to, just to kind of recap, up to this point, Doctor Parshing has warned them they only have a few minutes 
to stop the dark troopers from like being activated and 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 basically coming together because they have to power up it takes them a little while they run so much power they have to now like power up so it's not an instant thing where they can just kind of spring into action it's going to take them a minute to kind of get to their full potential so as the girls now are i guess storming the bridge where moff gideon is yeah, they're on their way. They're on their way. There's obviously some some stormtroopers that are on the, that are coming to you know try to take them down. And there's a bridge with almost like a force field into outer space underneath them. So there's a bridge like you know like lead a tunnel leading them to the next side of the ship. And you see the two Mandalorians, Bo-Katan and her sidekick, fly off Cara Dune and Fennec in the center of that, shooting the stormtroopers. And then an awesome shot of both of both Mandalorians coming back and just like helping mow yeah, some down sort of those like, troopers. Some sort of like um, the reinforcements or some other garrison like come up behind them. So there's this huge group of stormtroopers now that kind of are aiming at Fennec and Cara Dune. Yeah, and then the two Mandalorians with their jetpack blast up. That right. part is actually super awesome. Uh, and it's cool to see Fennec and Cara Dune like together like that. You get a good shot of them on that bridge or that tunnel you know that pathway together and they smirk and after being saved by both the female mandalorians again i i did you find it at all weird i just figured i'd, I'd you know whatever i'll take the time to bring this up the cara dune is kind of like i don't know i don't want to say the character's gotten like old for me but it just doesn't really i don't know it's not doing a lot for me like i just felt like her character seemed to be overshadowed by both like Bo Katan and and Fennec, and Bo and Boba Fett. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. for sure. Yeah. yeah, I just meant like she's even, got her own story because she was on Navarro. You know, she's kind of joined the New Republic, so it's you know that's kind of like she's staying put. You know, but now she's joining a new cause. But this I, is uh, I feel she's kind of also like become a little bit more mild. You know, this is yeah. The next the next scene. I'm already afraid to break down, but so we get, we get, uh, when they come at, they kind of opens up and they, they, be, they go into this, uh, storage area, storage area or like ammunitions bay or something. Fennec like makes light work of these stormtroopers between blasting them and then doing some sort of like almost insane martial arts. That was a really awesome part. And she ends up dodging, you know, like a laser, like she gets shot at and she kind of like does like a, she does a like a matrix style. Yeah, she does like, like matrix yeah. style. I did the matrix style to describe it and pulled away from the mic explaining that. She ends up shooting a trooper, you know, right between like some storage bins and the um Cara Dunes mowing them down. Both female Mandalorians are 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 fighting the good cause too. Yeah, then uh yeah, Cara Dune now takes the like heavy the heavy uh rifle off her shoulder. And then the very next scene is the dark troopers. Uh, apparently are now powered up and ready. The hoses like blast off. And then we kind of really see for the first time, like how many are there? Because if you remember during the tragedy, we only see four of them shoot down to kidnap uh, Grogu. The only other shot we ever get of them is at the end of one of the episodes where Moff Gideon is standing there looking at these dark troopers. And it's kind of this weird ominous shot I guess we now know because of the cold storage, it's like very um, foggy in there almost. You know what I mean? It's like, it looks like it's just, you know, there's, you get the, so you don't, we can't really see before. So now we see that there's, there's quite a few of these dark troopers and they Mando. Al- they also move though in a, 
sequential way but they also like they move in unison together simple to similar to the battle droids from the phantom menace when all their heads pop up when they're on yeah naboo i believe that is but these these almost seem more like the the, the uh, super battle droid right yes because even those were kind of like you know almost like the, like uh, the way that they are like uh marching on geonosis like that whole kind of yes sequence there but yeah so anyway mando we keep jumping around, but basically they're now like marching forward. Mando still has not to this point gotten to that door to kind of, yeah, shut them, shut that bay down. And as Mando arrives, he's kind of in a panic. He's like, no, 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 no. And he puts in that dude. He should have been like shaking a leg all along. Like yeah, he, he runs was... over only after seeing the door open. He was kind of just walking carefully. This part was wild too, because he, he sticks the, um, the code stick from Dr. Parshing in the famous door port that R2-D2 normally plugs into to close and open doors for our heroes. Yeah, and uh, as he's doing that, the doors start to close and a dark trooper gets his hands inside the door to hold, like, hold it open from closing and then punches him also, sending him flying like across the hallway. And they're also, though, like no match for Mando's Beskar armor because he ends up being held up by the throat and he's taking punches directly to his Beskar helmet. No damage. But it's it's knocking him further <laughs> into, into the, the wall. wall. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, nothing that Mando's doing is working either. Right. His, his flamethrower on his wrist, not working. Um, I believe he ends up using the... He tries the whistling birds. The whistling birds just kind of like bump him around. Doesn't, doesn't do any damage to the, to the dark trooper. And it's not until he reaches into his... I was waiting for it. I'm like, dude, come on. Yep. He ends up reaching on his back, taking that Beskar staff he's got, and just jabs the Dark Trooper right in, right in the jugular. Dude, dude you got a, you got a Beskar staff in your neck. <laughs> as, and as this is happening, the other Dark Troopers are like, in a very, the most robotic way ever, the only way I can describe this is, it looked like the Sockumboppers. Oh wow! Yeah, just like the punching, like the punching yeah. game, they're just pummeling the glass, like I guess whatever kind of glass that is, to try to punch through. And as that happens, Mando is able to like pull the cargo bay door, and he shoots them, shoots them out into space. Yep, shoots them all out into space. And also, we get Cara Dune and the girls during their fighting scene. Cara's, I guess, rifle or 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 blaster ends up getting jammed and she ends up going rogue and starts swinging that that gun like a like a baseball bat starts hitting troopers over the head with it and then the girls kind of are done battling at that point and they're all in an elevator together they take the bridge basically yeah take out all the troopers there we see that moff gideon is noticeably absent he's not there so Bo-Katan walks over. And we get a shot of Mando ending up just having a fight off two stormtroopers, which kind of doesn't seem like high security for a such a big prize. But Mando ends up taking out one trooper. I was a little surprised by the way he takes that last one out. Like, yeah, that he ends was... up choking them from behind with the Beskar staff and then twisting his neck with it. And it's pretty the... intense, like as, as Star Wars... Disney Star Wars would 
would go. It was it, it was very violent. And as Mando approached the door to where our beloved Grogu is being held. I knew, by the way, you had to, I don't know, I, I knew. Right. As, as soon as Moff Gideon's not on the bridge, I think even before that, I had to know that it wasn't going to be the, um, wasn't going to be the, the girls who encountered Moff Gideon. You had to know Mando, equipped with his Beskar staff, was going to encounter Moff Gideon and there was maybe going to be a showdown, but yeah, uh, Moff Gideon's got the Darksaber ignited and is holding it, you know, in front of everyone's favorite little green guy, Grogu, who's still in his little space shackles, looking very, very sad. I called it, you know, the next part we'll get to, I called it. But there's a good interaction between Mando and Moff Gideon here. Uh, you know, he's basically, Mando puts down his blaster, kicks it over to Moff Gideon. Mando tells him, listen, I don't want the sword. I just want the kid. And it's almost believable here that maybe we're just going to get like an easy getaway. Yeah, I, I was tricked also. I know that uh, Moff then decides to kind of give him the history of the Darksaber and that it belonged to Bo-Katan. He lets him, he says he knows everything. He goes like, I know you've been traveling with Bo-Katan. Uh, he's like, I know that your wrist, that your uh, wrist launcher shot only has uh, one missile left. Right. So he's basically like, and listen, he also says, I got everything that I wanted from the kid already. All I wanted was to study his blood. And another reference of order here, you know, in this jail cell between Mando and Moff Gideon, he goes, this blood will help me bring order to the galaxy. Yeah. Is that a foreshadow to the first order, which we get in the force awakens? I don't know. I would assume. Well, uh, yeah, it, I think it definitely is because when we see that other episode where they stumble across those failed experiments in those tubes and we get our first look at like a humanoid, almost like a Snoke, you know, when, in, in Rise of Skywalker, when we see the clone Snokes on uh, Exegol where the Emperor is... At the very least, you could see that they're laying the groundwork for what the Empire is looking at at doing, right? So they're 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 looking to essentially make some sort of like use the child's DNA, use Grogu's DNA with that high midichlorian count, and try to make like actually produce a force using um, person. But also, though, Dr. Parshing in the episode said the failed attempt was the humans. Now these are just droids. So maybe that's what was in the back to tank that we saw in that episode was like, hey, maybe this was actually for the dark troopers like those humans were. It could you be. Know, the that only, blood could have been for them. They would have used it. Well, the like, only reason why I don't think so is is Moff Gideon here is talking with uh, he's talking future tense. Yes. He's not speak you know what i mean he's not saying that you know maybe he wouldn't have said this but he it wasn't like he was like we needed his blood and now we don't because it's not you know what i mean it, it leads you to believe that yeah whatever they were doing they're still in the process of doing and then we get um some more convo between moff gideon and mando moff gideon gives him the okay to take him but you need to leave my ship immediately 
And this is something that I called something that I predicted that would happen was a showdown between Moff Gideon with the dark saber and Mando Dinjarn with the best car staff. They did a pretty good job here of, of fool. I mean, you know, I'm not in any way upset about it. You know, star Wars sometimes is very predictable. I, I expected, you know, him to immediately try to fight Mando because the dark saber was already ignited. Uh, the fact that, you know, Mando says he's not interested in the sword and Moff Gideon tells him, take the kid and leave my ship immediately. I'm like, oh, maybe... Because when you think about it, too, I'm like, oh, okay, you know what? Mando really doesn't care about the Darksaber. You know, that's Bo-Katan who does. So, you know, maybe we're going to get, you know, we'll get that showdown and Mando's going to leave on his own or he's going to go do his own thing. But we see Moff Gideon is truly... You know, he, he fits that, that role, that like evil role in that he waits for Mando to let his guard down and turn his back to him before he decides to like do the like dishonorable thing of attacking him from the back. Right. So Mando, obviously his best car armor can withhold the, 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 the hits from the dark saber, uh, you know, but at this point, Mando's just fighting him off with with his forearms and, and he's taking shots to the armor. So Mando pulls out that Beskar staff from you know his back and these these guys have a a duel. They they duel back and forth and Moff Gideon almost seems to have like the upper hand on him. You know, he's good with the combat. Like he's wielded this before, he's fought with this before. It doesn't seem like it's his first time swinging that blade. It was interesting because it, they keep showing the the best car staff like heating up, right? Like it's getting orange, which was weird because it. it I don't know. I, I got the impression that while it can withstand the dark saber or lightsaber, even that it may eventually like have some sort of weakness. I don't know if that's what that is, but yeah, Mando. I'll let you. Uh, yeah, it takes takes some back and forth between staff and. Dark Saber and Mando ends up kicking Moff Gideon right in the stomach, gets him kind of down on one knee, and ends up flipping the Dark Saber out of Moff Gideon's hand. And Moff Gideon acknowledges that Mando spared his life. And now we're back on the. He bridge. says this. This should be interesting. He smirks, and I think he knows, like, yeah, like, okay, like this is. What are you gonna do now? Like, right, because he knows that. He, I, well, we don't know. We don't know as fans how Moff Gideon has acquired the Darksaber. The last we saw it was in Rebels. Uh, it was on Dathomir with Darth Maul. So we don't know how Moff Gideon ended up acquiring this Darksaber, you know, from Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan says, what happened? And yeah, she looks noticeably surprised and, and like upset. You know, it says, what happened here? And, you know, the saber is yours now. And Moff Gideon lets her know she can't take it. It must be won in battle. Um, she would need to defeat you in combat. And Mando ends up, like, taking the the saber, you know, what would you say, unignite the saber? How, what would you say to that? Yeah, he yields and, and put the, basically, like, the dark saber goes back in its sheath, you know what I mean? And um, It's awesome how much knowledge... Moff Gideon has on the Darksaber because he says the Darksaber doesn't have power. 
the story does. And without that blade, she is a pretender to the throne and Bo-Katan won't take this dark saber from Mando. So to me, I was like, oh man, like, are we going to get now like a showdown versus Mando and Bo-Katan? Like, you know, for this blade? I'm going to be honest with you, man. This part confused me because we've talked about this before. You're more the animated guy than I am. Like when I have questions about animated, I go to you. I haven't watched it nearly as much as you have. I remembered specifically though that there was a scene where, correct me if I'm wrong, but Sabine Wren. You have to even go further back. Okay. So we're going to take a detour here from mando and i'm just gonna go and jump into rebels quick i'll do the best that i can rebels i watched this yesterday before we recorded so i had all all my ducks in a row here to kind of explain this to everybody who hasn't seen it in rebels season three episode 11 sabine kane and jarrus are under a spell by the night sisters and ezra is there with maul and the dark saber is just on an altar on dothamir that that Maul has. Obviously Maul had the dark saber in the Clone Wars. Yes. So and he was the rightful ruler of Mandalore. They end up having a, a fight where they just take the saber from Maul. Maul ends up dying, spoiler in Rebels. Sorry if you didn't watch it. They give him his send-off in Rebels. But in season 3 episode 15, Kanan just hands the dark saber over to Sabine. So now there's really like no once Maul kind of ruled Mandalore, he went into hiding. But the Empire appointed a leader in one of the Saxons to rule Mandalore. They didn't have the sword. No one knew where it was. But the Empire then said, by us appointing a leader to Mandalore, we will, you will be under the Empire's protection. So that's where the Imperial Mandalorians come into place. They're protected by the Empire. They work for the Empire. And they were like appointed a leader, which is one of the Saxons. So that's where that comes into play right there. Yeah, I already, I, I could tell you right now, I was not where I was going with it was more, I, I kind of forgot about that part. What sticks out of my mind is, uh, my, I don't know, am I going to steal your thunder here? There's more, but keep going. And I, I'll, I'll, I was just going to say, so I just remembered that Sabine Wren hands or surrenders the Darksaber to... Bo-Katan. Right. So when Sabine has the dark saber, again, this is still in season three, her mom asks, where did you get it? You want in combat. And her mom tells her, you have no claim to this. Similar to what Moff Gideon says here. So then um, the mother uh, ends up being in possession of the dark saber. Gar Saxon, who I talked about, was appointed by the empire to rule Mandalore. And you get a battle between Gar Saxon or one of the Saxons Versus Sabine. Sabine is wielding a lightsaber, fighting one of the Saxons on on uh, on Crow's Nest. I'm, that's that's the name of the planet. Sabine ends up defeating one of the Saxons on that planet. Yeah, and now she is the rightful ruler of Mandalore because she beat who the Empire appointed to to lead that planet. Dude, this is very right. This you is got, very confusing. You got. I'm just saying, like for. For, for people that are listening now, I mean, especially if you haven't watched already, you're probably like, well, wait, what? But Right. So what Chris said, Sabine ends up handing over the Darksaber to 
Bo-Katan. She said that the sword came to her and she realized that her place was not to, to, to wield it, but to, to guide the dark saber to someone who can. So she kind of forfeits it, even though she's a rifle lord, she can do that. So I don't know here. I, in Dave and John, I trust they're going to explain what needs to happen here. It's one of those things we we'll have to be patient. Can I just say really quick that when, I guess when you're a Mandalorian, dude, the, the rules, and then within that you have your, your, these different like denominations. So Alex made the joke last week of like, you know, what, what do you say? Like the, if you're, if you're like the, the, like almost like the, the Roman Catholic, uh, Mandalorian, like these, like these strict, so, cause even like, so, okay, you have the watch, right? So there was, there was the watch, what they, what they meant with that was death watch. And now we have, we have this faction of Mandalorians who never take off their helmet. We have these other Mandalorians who do take off their helmet. Now we have, it's just so divided. There's this dark saber that if you possess the dark saber, you lay claim to, that's the, that's the origin story. That was always the Mandalore. Case. Now you can't just obtain it. You have to win it in battle, but yet we've seen it in Star Wars already. I know that they have an answer, just like how they had an answer for the helmet thing, because that was number one. Everyone always had this. I, I saw this pop up a lot. Din Djarin can't take his helmet off, but we've seen how many Mandalorians before him in these animated shows with their helmets off. And they like, even explained, is Boba Fett Mandalorian? Is Jango Fett Mandalorian? This didn't bother me that much. I just wanted to know enough and to see the passing so, of the sword. I so, guess why that's also important is that's why Moff Gideon, if the, the entire time he is like smirking and really, you know, he's in cuffs and, and essentially now a prisoner and he's enjoying this because he knows that now Bo-Katan who wanted the saber, who agreed to help Din Djarin on this mission. Now he's going to have these two people who are like protagonists at odds with each other because she wants the dark saber. Mando has it. And now he can't just surrender it. So the plot thickens as far as, and we'll get to that where people think that this story is done. This would probably be one of the focal points of season three. Yeah, I think we should. What's we should. Gonna, we'll get there. What's going to happen with the saber, with the dark well, saber? Yeah. Well, let's just let's say it for the end because I mean, I hope I didn't lose anybody with that Rebels Clone Wars recap of the history of the dark saber. But it has been passed on before. Someone has won it before. It's. We'll get there. Well, what's 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 great about this is they're quickly. This whole exchange is is abruptly interrupted by one of the one of the computers or, or, or like radars goes off and they have several little things coming back to the ship. I wasn't even thinking about the dark troopers to be honest with you. I don't know what I thought that was. Right. And they say, um, it's, it's not life forms. It's, um, you know, so obviously it's, it's not human that, let, that lets us know like, all right, the dark troopers are back. Um, Moff Gideon let, says, Hey, listen, you struggled with one. Let's see how you do against a whole platoon. And again, Cara Dune right here, like as Moff Gideon's up and he's talking, Cara Dune throws him down for a second time and Moff Gideon kind of 
like gracefully covers a blaster that he has on him, whether that's the one he took from Mando or whether that's it was the like one on the floor. that was the one on the floor from one of the stormtroopers that had passed. So now in the back of our head, we got to say, uh Oh, this guy's kind of quick on his feet. He's covering a blaster for, for later use. Yeah. It's pretty, I don't know, man, this, this whole, this whole part here made me like very, very, uh, anxious. Right, because you see the dark troopers are, are approaching the bridge, and we've seen Mando struggle, and we know these blasters that the girls have, and whatever skills that Mando has is not, you know, is not going to be enough to, to take them on. So Mando's preparing. He puts down the child. He says, "Don't worry, kid. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get you out of here." And then again, he just looks he looks so depressed this entire episode up to this point. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't he look so? He knows. Or he's just so. maybe, or maybe we're supposed to believe too that he's just still drain from whatever they were doing to him right and so you see the dark troopers are still on their way from the cameras that are on the bridge and um, they say seal the blast doors still black and white surveillance i mean the, the technology is there but we're, we're on, we have like black and white cctv i don't know what the empire is <laughs> doing there this budget cuts all all over right now um the dark troopers make their way to the bridge blast doors are closed and again we get those rock'em sock'em robot moment of them just punching attempting to punch their way through the blast doors through the blast doors the girls uh bo-katan and her sidekick put their mandalorian helmets back on i immediately Fennec went her- to i immediately went to in um in episode one where you get on the bridge of the uh the separatist ship there the yeah. trip the trade federation mm-hmm. new gun ray and uh, the Jedi's are coming through, you know, and they're like, they're still coming through, you know, that whole like Qui Gon Jin like is like melting the blast door with his lightsaber. It's all the way in there too. And uh, Moff Gideon's like, after like a valiant stand, everyone in this room but me and the child will be dead. And they're all aiming, guns are aiming at these doors, and we kind of like, man, like this is, I don't know if this is gonna end here or or or, or what. But on the comms, we get we get an alert, like an incoming ship. I had to is, know is, is on his way. You had to know, though, right? Because I know that the I did, I don't think the dark troopers are going to come in and and you know kill mow, everyone, mow them all down, mow yeah. them all down. We know that they're no match for them. So in the back of my head, I'm I'm waiting, right? Because we 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 talked about this leading up to this episode. We talk about this uh, even as far back as when the trailer was broken down, right? I mean, we. But what I'll go back to is in the in the in the series or in the recap in the beginning, when they go back, it's important. When they show Ahsoka, she tells them about the Seeing Stone, and Grogu calling out to a Jedi. That for me is in the back of my mind the entire time, right? Which was and that was. I just want to go back because there's a lot of things that we said, but my, my prediction was at the end of the episode, I thought we would get that moment or that like rescue where that person would, would come to kind of save the day. And we're going to get into it in a second here, but we see an X wing. <laughs> it, it's, it, it was, a. Uh... A holy cannoli moment for everybody who saw that X-Wing board 
the light cruiser. A at single X wing. At that point, you had to have known. A lot of rumors going around on the internet. Is it going to be Cal Kestis? Is it going to be Ezra? Is it going to be Mace Windu or a Jedi we've never seen before? That right there, you had to have known who was on their way. And I'm a little embarrassed in myself and and I guess the internet for expecting so much. And that's where letdowns happen in Star Wars or, or maybe with anything. But when you expect the... Luke, I am your father moment for The Last Jedi and you don't get it, you're let down and disappointed. When you kind of, all signs pointed to, 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 one, to one Jedi this whole time. It was right under our nose and, you know, hats off to Chris for, 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 for seeing that, for letting the smoke settle and, and staying true and, and, and saying, hey, it's, it has to be Luke. And, and we all... We all, I don't, I just don't, I'm, I don't know the other characters wouldn't have hit as big as this moment as, as it did if it was anyone else. So, yeah, Th- this was, this was my, this was my, um, what do you want to call it? This was really, I felt, I don't know, man, like for, first of all, the fan inside of me lost it. But after all that, and I had honestly, I had goosebumps, like the hair on my, like everything was like standing up. I was really losing it. Then I felt super vindicated because when we did our trailer breakdown, you can actually go back and listen to this. <laughs> we have screenshot DMs of, <laughs> of the doubters. We made sure to reach out to you individually. I don't want to, wait, wait, wait. Make I just sure want to clear to- something up. I don't, I'm, I'm, this is not about. I, in in no way are we, is this, is this, um, what do I want to say? It's not breaking news. We didn't, we didn't break the internet with this. We No, did. but I'm saying at the same time too, I'm not, this, this is, this is, you know, we're, we're being, we're being like humble too. I'm not, you know, and it's, this is in no way an arrogant way of saying, Hey, I was right. But it was, it's also sometimes fun to have your, like, I told you so moment. So back when we did the trailer breakdown and you know, we hear the armorer basically like telling Mando that this is the way, like he is to bring him back to his quote unquote kind, you know, these um, enemy sorcerers, he calls them, the Jedi. I had predicted Luke back then. And to me, it was the only thing in a post return of the Jedi a timeline that made sense to me. Now, I'll I'll be honest, throughout the series this season, there were moments where that prediction for me were a little wavering only because we've gone very, very much into the rebels part of things. Do you know what I mean? Like the introduction of Ahsoka some of the stuff that they've been talking about. So for a, I, so again, there were a couple moments where I wasn't as confident as I was initially. When you got the Grand Admiral Thrawn reference, that also kind of yes. threw a wrench in the operation. That's what I'm saying. And that it was in that Ahsoka episode that I went, okay, maybe they are going a different direction. But when you really think about it, and, and this is where I started touching on this in the beginning of this episode. A lot of people have said what they like about Mandalorian is it's its own thing. 
and it's 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 successful without needing to be part of the Skywalker saga. But Grogu isn't an ordinary character. Okay, he he's he is, and that's why the reveal of him in the first episode of this series was huge. That was a bombshell in itself because prior to that, I know we've joked about Yaddle, but really the only other person or creature of, of this species has been Yoda. And we understand how, like how much of a huge part Yoda is to everything. Right. I had, to, you had to know if there is another quote unquote Yoda caliber type force. Uh, and, and we, and we know how powerful Grogu is at the force, right? You had to know that when he calls out again, post return of the Jedi and what we know about Luke during this time, he's rebuilding the Jedi Order. He's also the most powerful Jedi, possibly the only Jedi in the galaxy, right? We know that this is going to be, for me, I knew, that's why I knew all along, it had to be Luke. And when we talk about this show, this, like, I can't reiterate enough, this moment wouldn't have hit the way it hit if it was anybody else. The show is for the diehard fans like Chris and myself and for the people who have fallen in love or found Star Wars due to everything crazy going on in in the world right now. Like th- this was this was huge. You know what I mean? Like this is the one character that would have like brought this all together. So it was right around our nose the whole time. It and- made it honestly, I know people now are saying like, you know, a couple people that I talk to back and forth when I kind of had my aha moment with them. And I said, see, you doubted me because there were a number of people when I initially predicted it said, there's no way that they bring Luke into this. And it makes sense for people to doubt it also, because there's the question of how are they going to do it, right? They have to recast or CGI, or the other thing is, is you're going to, you know, Mark Hamill's such a big part, right? I mean, you, you just... For, I think for some people, it just didn't seem feasible that you were going to bring a character like that of that caliber into the show. But again, for me, it just made the most sense. And that also goes to show you how important of a character Grogu is, and I think will be going forward, you know, because we want to talk about uh, how the show is going to move forward now. Yeah, I think I think it, there was it could only ever be Luke. And what's crazy is right after the X-Wing comes in, the dark troopers stop punching immediately. And they kind of just, they start to stand down. And then we see the, we go back to the, the, like the, the CCTV footage and the troopers turn around the other direction. And Moff Gideon has like a startled look on his face. Like, wait, my plan has now changed. This is the ball is no longer in my court. And back to the cameras, we kind of see a hooded figure walking down the hallway. And we see that hooded figure with a lightsaber. And so he is mowing. He's starting to take out, mow down these dark troopers. And that's in black and white. It's like, okay, hooded figure. We see a lightsaber. I mean, again, we know at this point that it's Luke. It's not until they get away from that footage and go to like the... The real time. The POV. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. Uh, we see Luke walk across the screen, 
you know, in his famous cloak, and you see the green lightsaber, and he's so so many things are running through my mind at this point. And again, I just want to go back to when people were questioning why Luke and why, and and one of my arguments always also was, I didn't think this would be a hard sell for Mark Hamill, right? Because he loves the Luke Skywalker character. He does. And that's why he was as critical as he was initially of Ryan Johnson's uh, vision because it didn't really fit with what Mark Hamill believed that character to be. He ultimately accepts it, but he, we talked about this, how he never really had his, his day. So when they bring Luke back, I think we all were waiting for that moment and, and we never really saw it. And I thought for me too, after the adventure Return of the Jedi, you know, Luke has only just become this Jedi master and we see the showdown with Vader. It's, it's, you know, for what it is, it's okay. It's funny because that was, you know, that's, you know, going back to 1983, but you, you know, you, you, you're, you're just like, it's, again, I don't know. It's underwhelming that, that iteration of, of, of Jedi master Luke Skywalker. So that's why I think when everybody heard about a sequel trilogy, Mark Hamill, we were hoping, okay, we're going to get this. We're going to get this all powerful Jedi master. Who's going to, you know, basically like, I don't know, right? Like be this, a, be a Jedi master and go this all- is the Luke that fans were looking for in that, in his film. In the Last Jedi, this is the Luke that people well, were even, expecting. Even to before see. that, I was. We knew Mark Hamill was recast, and the entire time during Force Awakens, when they're looking for him, uh, I was waiting for that moment. Me, me personally, I went that entire movie on the edge of my seat, and I kept going, "When are we going to see Luke?" When are gonna, that's literally that's almost the only thing I cared about. I know everybody was like so hyped when Chewie and. Han board the Falcon. But for me, I kept saying Luke. And even that five minute, not even five minute, whatever it was, one minute scene at the end, that was huge, huge for me when we see Mark Hamill turn around. But again, I know I'm going off on a crazy tangent here. I knew this would not be a hard sell for Mark Hamill. And that's why I knew that he would be willing to do this project because A, I'm sure he knows how successful Mandalorian is. But B, if you're John Favreau and Dave Filoni and maybe even to a lesser extent of Kathleen Kennedy and you talk to him about this project and you say, listen, not, okay, we, we, we need you. And, and this is what we want Luke to be at this point. But do we know what, what extent Mark played in this? Because I saw. Yeah. He's well, it's, it's his voice. It's yeah. definitely his voice. He, it's a body double. Yeah, when he's doing all the Jedi stuff, of course. Right, it's it's British actor Max Lloyd Jones. Um, he was the same person, um, I believe, from the Rise of Skywalker. He, um, but you've seen him before in uh, Project Blue Book. So and the Sandlot too, and Planet of the Apes. So they've they've gone the route of CGI over his face. Is my understanding right? No, very similar to in the Rise of Skywalker. I also talked about this on earlier versions of the podcast that it was feasible. We get a flashback scene during rise of Skywalker of Luke training with Leia. If you remember that, and it actually looked really awesome. Now 
I would argue that it maybe looked a touch better than some of the CGI we are going to see here, but also that scene is 10 seconds long and Mark Hamill doesn't speak in that flashback from Rise of Skywalker. So that's the other thing. The tech, the technology st- still isn't there, but for what we needed it to be, it was it was great. So you also back to to this, you get to see the black glove, you get to see the green saber, but when they're on the bridge, you get a shot of Grogu and his ears just kind of perk up like a dog, like hearing something at the front door. And Moff Gideon kind of sees what's going on in the camera that these these dark troopers are no match for um, the Jedi. Moff Gideon gets up and ends up grabbing that gun that he had on the ground, starts shooting Bo-Katan. And Moff Gideon ends up aiming the gun at the child. Din Djarin jumps in front of the child, takes some shots. And I didn't notice this at first, but Moff Gideon was ready to take his own life on the bridge. Yep. He points that blaster right under his throat and Cara Dune just smacks that gun out of his hand. And she like, knocks him out. She knocks him out. And, you know, they want him alive. So they know what they're doing. Can just really back to back to Luke. Uh, this 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 scene is is just getting even crazier because I want to compare this to Rogue One for a minute, because that for a lot of people, me included, the scene with Darth Vader at the end of the movie was everything to me because we had never seen Darth Vader fight that way. The only time we saw him fight, you know, was in A New Hope, you know, uh, with Obi-Wan, which was more or less a pretty lame lightsaber battle, if you could, if you could. It's the third hallway scene that we've seen in Star Wars and the Clone Wars Maul got his, his big day of being yes, a great Sith. That was really awesome. But right. I just, yeah, so I mean, this was, this was, we had never seen this version of Luke and he's just, I mean, at one point, if you see, it's almost a background shot. He like force pushes this huge crate into one of the droids. He's like taking their heads off. He's, he's doing all types of stuff. And one, one of my favorites was there was like a, a, a dark troopers head on the floor and he force pushes it into another dark trooper and uh, Grogu reaches out to the screen and he's touching the the camera screen and he sees (laughs) what's going on. The dark troopers that were trying to break into the bridge now turn around and the longest elevator ride in, in TV history. Yeah. You just see like this, they they have a shot of the elevator car and the lights up top of it, like getting to the floor. It just took, I feel like time stood still here. This was a time stood still moment. And then the elevator door opens and this, Luke this, has yeah, I would his say this this day. part is this this is basically the Darth Vader Rogue One uh scene, right? Because it's right. it's that it's that like yeah, he pulls he pulls one of the droids close to him. Force push, force pull. pull uh and then he's I mean he's just swinging that saber. I kind of wish we would have got like a throw, like a saber throw and it <laughs> came back to him, but he's cutting him in half and then the final dark trooper you just see Luke use the force and he just crushes this dark trooper like like inside of itself inside of itself yeah and Grogu you get a shot of Grogu here still touching the screen and then looks back uh to the door and and it's it's this is interesting to note that to this point with the exception of Grogu and possibly Mando all the other people on the bridge there are not entirely sure 
what this person's purpose or, or, or reason for being here is. They're all aiming guns at those doors. Bo-Katan is familiar with the Jedi, and I don't know about the others, but, you know, um, there's some hesitation to open those doors. Mando has to say it twice, open the doors. And everyone is still aiming their gun at the door, and Luke walks in. He, The blade, green blade, goes away, and slowly, ever so slowly, does Luke take off his hood, and we see... Mark Hamill having... Luke Skywalker having the same haircut now for... <laughs> yeah, for five five to seven years post um, I'm jo- Yeah, I mean, I, I say that uh, uh, jokingly, but that for that first initial shot was insane to me so powerful the way that that was awesome they did that and he didn't have to say anything he, his, his 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 opening lines were a little uh underwhelming you know what i mean it was very like it was very just luke entering jabba's palace it was very it was very mild and you see grogu look out from the chair that he's sitting in mando asks him if he's jedi and you know, Grogu's kind of looking back like, hey, I, I can sense who that is. Like, I can kind of sense that's that's someone like me. And it's funny because, yeah, Mando tells Luke that he doesn't want to go with you. Right. Um, he says um, he, want, he wants your permission. And he says he is strong with the force, but talent without training is nothing. And Luke tells Mando, I will give my life to protect the child and uh, he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. This part is nuts. The the, the whole. The, I mean, again, I'm still, I'm still losing it here. You don't know like what part to be to lose it more for. You're kind of getting pulled in two different directions here. Your heart's getting pulled on like, oh my god, at the door is Lou Skywalker, and the other part is Grogu's gonna go a separate way here. I know. And Grogu's reaching for Mando's helmet, and. You know, he touches his helmet and, and Mando ends up taking his helmet off in a room full of people. And it just... Man- After last week, I had to know... I just... I kind of figured this was going to happen. Very almost... Almost like a uh, a Darth Vader moment. Like, I want to look at you with my own eyes when he takes his mask off. Oh, it's very true. Right? You know, right. and it's like this father-son moment where they're saying goodbye and... Grogu wants to see his face. And I think also, I think that there's a big part of Din that wants him to see his face too. And then we get Mando saying to the child, all right, pal, it's time to go. Don't be afraid. And, um, you know, Grogu's holding on to Mando's leg, kind of like a dad who's got to go to work and leave his kids behind here, you know, just for a little bit. And it's, this was, this was, this scene was so powerful and and I mean that in a way of like you really felt the emotion of I don't know about you man like I I like teared up because you see Pedro Pascal I felt like I said that funny Pedro Pascal we see him really like I don't know this is a great scene for him he's only had his helmet off technically this is the third time now but he's got some real FaceTime here and just the emotion in his face. He kind of like tears up a little bit. I don't know, man. It was, it was like, it was powerful. Like if I have to hear anybody complain about his trimmed mustache, 
again, who cares? He he takes the helmet off when no one's around, cleans and, and grooms himself. People are talking about that? Yeah, it was a thing. People are like, I can't believe his mustache was groomed. It's like, all right, man, well, whatever. So <laughs> puts down Grogu here and everyone's favorite, favorite astromech comes droid. wheeling in and we he's, hear yeah yeah he's kind of he's beeping and he's kind of rattling and i don't know if grogu is just excited to see something shiny and 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 blue here or if maybe grogu recognizes r2d2 not sure but um r2 kind of has his spazzing moment and luke nods at mando mando nods back to to luke and Luke bends down and picks up the child after Grogu lifts his arms up to kind of be picked up like a little kid. This is, that, I mean, again, this is nuts. This entire... Super emotional for a lot of people. I know a lot of people said they got goosebumps or whether they did a reaction video and they actually cried or whatever, man. You, you, feel, you feel this moment, man. This was right in the heart and Luke's final words are just, may the force be with you. Yeah, and he's he as he walks away, Grogu's like looking over his shoulder, and the camera just is pulling away from Mando and the team, and Mando's just standing there, and the slow, ever so slow, time is standing still, like back, like in this part, it's shot of Mando, shot of Grogu, back and forth, and it's it's super, it's super sad to see the child go. We've sixteen episodes of you know the journey of these two, you know. It, it's it's been their story and you you get teary-eyed mando you know that he's just he's almost in tears here to see his little buddy go but he did his mission he's 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 every uh, i think that's that's like what we're also supposed to think is that he he's the good dad right and and it's and it's i think if he had it this his way you know he wanted the rescue and he says it last week you know the only thing that he cares about is rescuing Grogu and you know we their bond has strengthened over these 16 episodes especially this season and I'm sure that's not the outcome that he wanted but he wants what's best for Grogu like like how most parents want what's best for their kid even if it's not what they want and yeah, man, that that was just that was just awesome. I I'll say. So that's how the the episode ends, right? And it's kind of tough to do one of these breakdowns and the feeling of when you're watching it, so many emotions like of emptiness and then happiness and, and sadness, and you get some. I felt a different way after each time watching the episode. I felt a different way. I saw different things that was always going to happen, but I just was you know. I, then you think of. You know, I, I don't know if this is what we want to talk about next is now what? Where is this going next? Well, I, I don't know, man. I want to point out that I don't think in, in, in the Star Wars way of telling stories, this is not the last we've seen of Grogu. And I mean that, and, and this is not the last we've seen of Mando. Uh, should we get into the... I guess we'll touch base on that. So for the first time ever in Star Wars, we have an end credit scene. Did you, how did you know to, I don't even know how. Someone texted me. You told me, I think you told me, someone told you, I think it was you. I probably, because of the fact that it was five o'clock in the morning, was not going to watch the credits. Although I was watching to see if that was Mark Hamill. 
Right. Which wanted. we find out that he is credited because they do it in order of appearance. And Mark Hamill's name is uh, in these credits here. Right. So my buddy Johnny says, end credit scene and text me when you're done. So we get, like I said, for the first time, I know that's like Marvel's gig is to kind of give us an end credit scene after after everything. So I was super happy with this. Also, not the end credit scene that I thought we were going to get. What did you think we were going to get? Uh, maybe more more Mando. I thought we'd get a little bit more Mando here. So do you know now right away? I don't know about you. So I know I, that I know that we're back on Jabba's Palace. We we see a shot of Jabba's Palace. Very from, famous from Tatooine. You see it in Return of the Jedi. It looks awesome. And somebody uh, at Jabba's Palace uh, kind of let themselves go. We see a couple Gamorrean guards that are cool, but someone is now in the big chair uh, for Jabba's Palace. It's no longer Jabba's Palace. It probably has a maybe it has a different name, I guess. Oh, it's not, that's not, it's what it's called. It's Jabba's Palace. He's there, but there probably has a different name for it, right? I would think, but what I like about this here is um, if you, if you've, you know, again, a, a central theme this season has been how the show pulls from legends or expanded universe, whatever you want to call it. Jabba's what, right-hand man, his, 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 he seems to be almost like a, a servant slash interpreter but he's really he's really the the, the right hand man of, of Jabba the Hutt Bib Fortuna yeah who kind of has really now like I said let himself go he I almost huge. looked at it like he became a version of Jabba the Hutt himself almost he, yeah he, yeah he looks like uh I don't want to say it on here he looks like uh the fat guy in Austin Powers <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah he he super sloppy so, so yeah, where I was kind of going with this whole thing is it was in Legends that he makes it out of the sail barge. Bib Fortuna is on the sail barge with Jabba that eventually blows up and he bails before the ship is blown up. So clearly Star Wars, as we know it today, Disney has pulled from that story yet again and we see Bib Fortuna now has apparently for probably the last five years has claimed the throne and has been this like crime boss on Tatooine. Bibs in. Yeah, he has, he B- has bibs in like he's like in I N N or he's, he's in I N in <laughs> well, the chair. He has the very famous the, slave, the twilight, the twilight slave there sitting there. He's surrounded by the, the weak way. Yep. And he calls, he actually calls one over. Because we hear McCulkany. Yeah. And then, what, what does McCulkany mean? Uh, it's, it's, that's, it's Hatties, which is, you know, basically the, the language of the huts. Mm-hmm. And it basically means something along the lines of like to end, to end them or to like end someone's life. They, oh. they added that phrase to the Greedo and, Han Solo famous New Hope scene. So yeah, he calls a weak way over and basically tells them to, he doesn't know who's there yet, but he tells them to like basically end them. Right. Because or end him. One person ends up coming down the stairs of the palace and you see kind of like a blast. A body ends up rolling down the stairs. How? And also like this also mirrored when Leia and the Bosque, um, not Bosque, the bout, the, 
the, the boosh outfit. Yeah, the 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 yeah. When she comes down dressed as a bounty hunter, it was that same thing. If she blasts somebody and comes down, it looked just like that. If you get appointed that post at that palace, you're bombed. You're like, well, I know kind of what's <laughs> happened here in the past, and it ends up being Fennec, our girl Fennec. Fennec, Fennec ends up mowing down everyone kind of surrounding Bib Fortuna. She spares the slave, the female slave, the twilight slave, shoots her chain off, kind of gives her the head nod of, hey. I love that, like scram. Yep, hey, scram. And then we see a silhouette. We see the antenna. We see the jetpack. We see the cape. We see the blaster. His homecoming. And it's 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 Boba Fett. Boba Fett is back. You get a little um, panic from Bib Fortuna, like, oh, I heard the rumors. I heard the stories that you know, you were dead. I also heard that you were living on Tatooine. I heard that you were, you, I, I don't know what to believe. And here you are. So he's happy to see him. And then Boba Fett just gives him one blast right to the chest. And Boba Fett slowly makes his way to the, to the top of the throne here, the top of the chair, throws Bib Fortuna just off, just get off. And he, he puts his gun down. He has a seat. Fennec grabs some some spotchka, I hope. That's what it looks like. Yep, takes a swig. She pops a seat right on that throne, right next to Boba Fett. Screen goes black, and we get... The, the Book of Boba Fett coming... December 2021. Yeah, I'm... Uh what, what to say about that? That was, that was the, that was the surprise or the, or the, the little treat that we didn't even actually, I mean, the, honestly, they could have just ended it having I, seen Luke and it was enough. Right. And I would have been happy. Like I said, I'm not going to go back on that. If that was, if Boba Fett was, you know, going to join Mando and he was just going to be kind of like the Robin to the Batman here, that would have been cool if they just went their separate ways, but you couldn't have announced this story or this series before the finale of the Mandalorian, you would have given away possibly like, Hey, Oh, he lives, you know? Cause I remember we were saying, well, maybe Boba Fett doesn't make it out of the mission and maybe Boba, you know, Mando gets the slave one. Okay. I would have been happy with that. Maybe the book of Boba Fett is, you know, like a, not a prequel story in the sense, but maybe we'll see him get out of the Sarlacc pit and leading up to Mando. Can I, we don't know. So if I could cut in, right. I just want to say this is this is my moment for you too. Is um I said that there was going to be a Boba Fett series, potentially limited to the likes of Obi-Wan, and I think you were the one who said if I don't hear it from the mouse, was that what you said? Yep, that's it. I always so, say that. Sources close to me told me they were casting for the Boba Fett show. That's what I was told. I knew that they were going to do it. However, when Disney announced that new slate of shows, they left this out. That allowed a lot of people to message. A lot of people messaged me and said, Hey, what happened? I thought there was going to be a Boba Fett show. So to those people, I just want to also say, I told you so. <laughs> I don't, um, I had a bunch of conversations over the weekend of people saying, that's it. That's Mando's story. This is going to, this is going to take place. You know, of, of Mando is done now no. and it's it's not. You've Everyone seen... thinks this is why. I know why. So Kathleen, so unofficially though, unofficially, they announced that Mandalorian season three was going to come out Christmas 2021. That's what they said. Christmas 2021. 
So when people saw Book of Boba Fett, December 2021, they said, oh, that's the same thing. Boba Fett is going to take over for Mandalorian. And I guess people assumed that Din Djarin's story, because Grogu now is with Luke, is over. Well, that doesn't really make any sense at all because... Well, a lot of things. There's a lot of... There's so many stories to still be told. Moff Gideon is still alive. The Darksaber is... They're not... In possession of Mando, but he doesn't really want it. There's still stories to be told there. And they also showed Mandalorian at Kathleen Kennedy. They announced it. Then Mandalorian is getting season three. So it's not going to take place. Um, we touched on this, you know, whether or not, you know, Giancarlo, uh, said that he, that he was going to be more prevalent in season three, or he's going to show off There's, his skills more in season three. There is already, from what I know, again, this is what I know. Both series have shooting schedules separate from one another. So they both very well may be coming December 2021. And who would be mad about having two series like at the same time for Star Wars? No one. I want to touch on a couple things. Sticking with Mandalorian first. I said that I don't think this is the last we see of Grogu. My, I'm going to put this bold prediction out there now. Told a couple people this. My, my prediction is he's going to come back for a laundry list of reasons. But I think we're going to see Mando. I don't know what his point in all this is going to be, where the story goes. We know that technically, as of right now, he has the Darksaber and potentially claim to Mandalore, even though he doesn't want it. But I think you got to know that he's, he's probably like public enemy. Number one, as far as the empire or the soon to be first order is concerned, right? That's, that's number one. D number two is, you know, he Grogu, I think is the fact that we don't see him in the sequel trilogy, and the fact that Rey becomes the hero tells me Grogu maybe his Jedi training doesn't fully work out. Just a hunch. But I think what'll probably happen is Mando's going to get into some sort of trouble, whether it's in season three or whether we go to a season four. And I think we're going to get a Grogu character who's at least who's at least mastered some of his abilities maybe we get a time jump even and we get like teenage grogu almost kind of like how we got a teenage groot in guardians of the galaxy and i think what Grogu's going to do is he's going to leave luke kind of like how luke leaves yoda he puts his training on hold because he senses that luke excuse me that han leia and chewie are in trouble i think grogu is still going to have this tight connection to Mando. He's going to sense he's in trouble and eventually he's going to come to his rescue. Those two are going to be reunited. There's no way that these two were as close as they were. This buildup was for two seasons to have it end this way. I just, I don't see it. And it's probably the best part of the, uh, the podcast is, is that right there? That segment that you just said, it's oh, probably well. like our best talking right there. Our best <laughs> talking think, point right there. I, th I, well, I think there's that. And I also think that, look, Grogu, we could accept two things or 
Grogu is with Luke when he builds the new temple and new order. And then what? He is murdered by Ben Solo. It's a big statement, but I don't think that, that I don't think that that's what they're doing. You know, maybe, or, or you know, who knows? Maybe Luke, maybe we're going to find out that Luke almost senses too much of like his father in Grogu with having this attachment, you know, and this fear of losing someone and everything. I, I don't know, man. I just have this feeling that while Luke is going to help him and Luke is going to train him, his, his purpose here is something else. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have to explain that. That's the other thing. I don't think they can leave this open-ended. Now, do we get that story in Mandalorian or in some yet unannounced Star Wars project? It's possible, but the, he's if he's alive during sequel trilogy, then why, he's, he's not involved in any of the points, you know, with Rey and with Snoke and then with the Emperor. So where, so where is he? So they're going to have to explain that, I think. Yeah, and you have the other two series, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, that take place in the same timeline, or they all come together from, didn't they say like some okay, so galactic finale or some great Kathleen greater, Kennedy, greater yes, good. also announced that those spinoffs, they're going to come together. So I think, again, bold prediction here, the payoff, the big bad is going to, I think, end up being Grand Admiral Thrawn. I think we will see him in live action, and I think the Ahsoka series is going to probably introduce him, and then eventually, between Ahsoka, Rangers of New Republic, and Mando, we're going to get this some sort of like big final, you know, almost. Uh, I think you brought it up how Marvel TV you had the separate shows that came together to form the Defenders. It's going to kind of be like that, I think, to come and they're and they're going to need all hands on deck to defeat whatever the empire. And I think that'll be the end of the empire. So where the empire ends and the new or the or the first order kind of begins, I think we're going to see that on on screen. So for those reasons alone, I think that's why you have to know. Mandalorian season three with Din Djarin is happening. Book of Boba Fett is totally different. And you could tell too, they're not, Boba Fett's story is, is interesting. I'm excited for it. It's going to have nothing to do with any main storyline. I think that's going to be a limited run series. And I think we're going to get a lot of back and forth. I think they're going to show us the backstory with how Boba Fett escapes the Sarlacc pit. I'm hoping we see them borrow from legends and bring in Dengar and Dengar assisting Boba Fett. Maybe we even see some of the Cobb Vanth stuff present, present or past. And then I think we're going to see future now that Boba Fett is technically what he's, 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 first of all, he's sitting on the throne at Jabba's palace. And I think he might be now the head of this crime syndicate on Tatooine. There's also plenty of characters on Tatooine. I just mentioned Cobb Vanth, um, Amy Sedaris's character. We can see some return, returning faces there, but it's going to be, and, and, and Fennec is also along for the ride. So excited about that. We have a lot to look forward to. It's unfortunate that we have to wait you know, a full year to uh, 
speculate and to speculate and get a follow up. We do have the Bad Batch on the horizon for anyone who's into animated, which will bring us back to the older sixty six era. It's what a time to be a Star Wars fan. It's it's sad to see this end. Now everyone's now what? Everyone that texted me was now what? Now what do I do? Well, just know this is going to be the only time in the foreseeable future that you're going to have to wait. And my gut tells me I don't think we would have had to wait if it wasn't for the pandemic, actually. If it wasn't for the pandemic, I think a lot of these projects, just like Obi-Wan and stuff, they would have already been, they would have, like, some of these things, they delayed filming for how long? There's been a lot of stuff they've had to work around project-wise. I think we would have already had something on the horizon before end of next year. So that's part of it. But just know this is going to be the only time in the foreseeable future that that's going to happen with all the projects they just recently announced. They added Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett to that. So I don't even, I lost count. Was it 10 projects, nine projects? It's a lot. It's a lot. So plus I also saw, um, I believe it's Matt Martin who works at Lucasfilm saying that that's not everything that they're even working on. A thousand percent. It's not with, you know, whether it's video games, whether it's literature, whether it's comics, you know, stuff like that. Well, and I touched on this too. They haven't even made any announcements regarding theatrical releases. I think they're still working on that. I really, really think that they're still, they're still in that game of, the big theatrical release. I don't know if they're going to go to the trilogy, but there's been a lot of talk of them going backwards now with this like High Republic stuff. But I would love to see Old Republic, like Knights of the Old Republic. But we'll, you know, we'll see. All I can tell you is I forgot where I saw this, but Disney is is like killing it. Like literally between between Star Wars and Marvel, Netflix is going to, I mean, you know how many projects they have coming in the next couple years? And now that they took the office off there and Ozark is on its final season, I'll be canceling my subscription <laughs> and I'll be writing a letter. I mean, unless you want to watch some stand-up specials, there's like really, I mean, now. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like the Disney Plus is, you know, for a while the joke was it was just Mandalorian. I mean, unless you, you know, I mean, that's, that's not entirely true. The Disney catalog is, is pretty great. But in terms of new stuff that you haven't seen before, it was really only Mando. Well, now you're not going to be able to say that. You're going to have countless stuff. And again, I think, I, like I was saying, I think maybe you'll have like two months, three months between projects. There's never going to be a time where you have to wait a year. And what's awesome is, is I signed up ahead of time at, I believe it was Comic-Con or Celebration where I paid three years in full. Yeah. So, well, I guess, we'll, hey, we're coming up on year three. Once, once Mando season three comes out. Yeah, I got locked in too. I forgot I got that promo price, right. which is pretty awesome. But dude, it's uh, it could be whatever. Honestly, they could char- they could charge me whatever. It is like Disney Plus has been worth it for for, I mean just just for Mandalorian alone. But I mean, when you see the slate of stuff coming out, they could tell me that they're going to charge me. I don't even know, five hundred dollars for the year. I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, same shout <laughs> shout out to MM again. He said they backed the Brinks truck up right to the 
Mickey uh, to Cinderella's, Cinderella's castle <laughs> that just backed the money truck up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm just dropping off because they got our money and it, it's the fact that they gave us the announcement of what's to come is it, it's great. They've, they're keep, well, they're, they have, they have us, they had us with this and now they really have us. They're clever too, because I think everybody's free subscription like recently ended so technically think about that. You actually weren't even, I don't think, were you charged? My locked-in price, they prorate, like Verizon gave me a free year. So they said that the promo I signed up for would start when my free year ended. So technically I got a free year followed by three years of like discounted, which they didn't even have to do. But anyway. So with that, we come to the sad conclusion of episode breakdowns for the Mandalorian season two. Our plan is here to take a week off, enjoy the holidays, regroup, let the dust settle for the Mandalorian. We're going to bring on a guest next, the following week. We're going to do a series recap. Talk about it. Oh boy. We're going to, like I said, we have a guest. We're going to do a decently short recap. We're going to talk to fellow star Wars nerd, good friend of ours. He's going to come on similar formats, what we had with Alex. And then it's time for us to kind of spread our wings and kind of take off with this and go the, to go the direction that we want to go in. You said spread your wings. Is that wings? Love, take me down to the street. No, I don't, I don't think that's wings. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so we're going to go off. We're going to go and do our thing and we're going to take this podcast where we want. I'm most looking forward to that. Like I said earlier, and this has been great. I hope you guys have enjoyed our episode breakdowns. I hope you've enjoyed our banter. This is just the beginning. We look forward to picking back up after the holiday. Yeah, I want to say real quick, uh, just again, I guess really just a big thank you. We've we've we, re- we reached another milestone. We're over 2,000 plays. On all platforms. On, yeah, on all platforms. Um which I don't know, man. When I first started this, I didn't I didn't know what to expect, and I don't know. People have uh, continued to support us, and you know, be encouraging and be nice and just be like overall positive, which which is great because that's exactly kind of what we like have put into this. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's cool. Like, I, I don't know. I, I've, I feel really awesome. And I just want to say too, like I've, I know you have, I've met some people that I didn't know before. Yeah. It's been great. Uh, meeting people, interacting with people. If you've taken a, a, a chance on this podcast and you've come back and you've shared it with anybody, you've commented, you've liked, you've subscribed, you've left a review. It's very, it's very appreciated and we're, we're thankful for you guys. This is just the beginning of the all wings report in podcast. We look forward to what's next. Yeah, man, this is, this is a, this is a star Wars podcast, not a Mandalorian podcast. Just want to kind of reiterate that. So we have so much more star Wars stuff to talk about. You should probably hit us up on the socials too, because while we have some stuff that's kind of in the can, is that how you say that, right? Yeah. We have some stuff that's like in concrete and then stuff that we're thinking about. If there's anything that you guys would uh, maybe like to see us talk about, projects, uh, games, and any media platform, let us know. 
you could, you know, DM, email, uh, Instagram, all wings report in Facebook, all wings report in Twitter is at all wings report and the Gmail all wings report at gmail.com. So hit us up, let us know what you'd like to maybe see us talk about in the future while we wait. Uh, yeah, we got a year and we're going to keep, we're going to keep going. Enjoy your holiday. Be safe. We'll talk to you soon. This is the way. Take care.